Very few ideas and concepts are static in society. What was one true for one generation could mean something completely different to the next generation, and hence means something different to the generation following that. Definition of words, significance of symbols, and what is considered moral or immoral all change over time, some facing more alterations than others. No more is this represented than the Ouija board. From its obscure, mysterious origins, to being used as a dating tool, to how it is presumably used to invite demons into the house or the human body, almost no other material object in our society has undergone as much changes or has been used for vastly different things than the Ouija board. It should be noted now that this video essay is not intended to be a cultural critique of the Ouija board, for that is a different topic in video altogether nor is it supposed to be an assessment of the representation of Ouija boards in popular entertainment. This video essay serves only as a brief history of the board and how cultural perceptions have changed over the last 130 years. Beginning around the middle of the 19th century, a new movement which had originated in England began to take hold in America, called Spiritualism. One of the beliefs that spiritualists held was that there was a way to communicate with the dead. Typically, this was done by a medium, or someone who plays an intervening role in the material and spirit worlds, and seances and table-turning parties soon became popular. However, in 1886, a story about mediums using a strange talking board, where spirits would spell out answers to questions in a form of automatic writing, began to appear in the Associated Press. The article was soon picked up and republished throughout the country. Realizing this new talking board could be a bestseller, Charles Kennard pulled together a group of investors to create the Kennard Novelty Company to begin making the boards in 1890. However, they faced a big hurdle. In order to get a pen for the new novelty board, they had to first prove that it worked. Apparently, they successfully proved that one could use the board to speak to the dead, and a now paley skinned clerk issued them their patent. In February 1891, Ouija, the wonderful talking board, began to appear in newspapers, promising never-failing amusement and recreation for all classes. During this time, Egyptian mysticism became popular in Europe and America, and to capitalize off this newfound interest, Ouija boards were also advertised as Egyptian luck boards. These new talking boards were, in fact, a hit. Now people could entertain their guests in their parlors while communicating with the dead without the necessary help of a medium. However, as the 19th century drew to a close and the spiritualism movement began to fade, Ouija boards would begin to be marketed to a different demographic and used for purposes that many might find surprising. In the early decades of the 20th century, Ouija boards were starting to be pushed for a new purpose, namely dating. Now rather than using the board to contact a lost loved one, individuals would ask the board for dating advice. In fact, it was a fairly common device for interested parties to learn about potential suitors by asking the board questions. The main reason this form of dating grew in popularity is because in a society that was largely conservative in terms of male-female interaction, the act of a couple being able to touch hands and knees while using a Ouija board was especially attractive and was seen as socially acceptable. At the same time the couples were asking the board if their partner would be an acceptable date, people were asking the board for insights into their future. Questions would include what career should I follow, what kind of college should I attend, the names of their future children. But that was just the route into the American household. As religious groups largely regarded Ouija boards as harmless fun, it wasn't too long before the boards began to move from the dating halls to family homes. By the beginning of World War II, and especially during the war, 
tens of thousands of Ouija boards were being sold annually. By the middle of the 20th century, Ouija boards were the mainstream consciousness. What started out 60 years earlier as a novelty board used to speak to the dead now had become a family fun activity, right along with other well-known board games. At-home readings were so common practice that one episode of I Love Lucy depicts this commonality as Lucy invites a producer that is trying to recruit her husband Ricky to do a show to their house as they were planning on conducting a seance that evening and that the producer might be able to get in touch with a past relative. While this wasn't the first time the Ouija board had been a feature in visual media, that was in 1919, it does show the nonchalant attitude the public had towards the board, even down to the tongue-in-cheek way the board was presented in the episode. Since the end of World War II, the Ouija board had been selling rather steadily, with one store reportedly selling 50,000 Ouija boards in a single year. Now with the growing use of the board for family recreation and more exposure through popular media, in 1967, 2 million Ouija boards were sold in the United States, outselling the most popular board game of all time, Monopoly. But then, in late December of 1973, the entire perception of Ouija boards would change forever. On December 26, 1973, The Exorcist was released into theaters. While only being available in 24 theaters in the United States and Canada, the movie was an instant success with people waiting hours in line in the cold weather to see it. The movie tells the story of Regan, a young girl who had become possessed by demons after using a Ouija board to communicate with an entity known as Captain Howdy. Reactions to the movie were swift, with religious groups condemning the movie, arguing that it glorified Satan. Audience reactions ranged from vomiting, fainting, and in some cases, individuals rushing to the emergency room claiming that they had been possessed themselves. Regardless of what was thought, the Ouija board would forever be tied to demonic possession. But how could this be so? How could a movie change the perception of the Ouija board so quickly? Well, historian Robert Murch explained it quite succinctly in an interview when he said, It was kind of like Psycho. No one was afraid of showers until that scene. Probably the most direct connection was made by the author of The Exorcist himself, William Peter Blatty. In an interview with journalist Ray Connolly in 1972, Blatty stated he had experienced bizarre occurrences while using a Ouija board as he was finishing the book, saying, I had never done it before, but I found I couldn't leave it alone. I had the most definite feeling I was communicating with the dead. Yes, I agree an awful lot of it could have been out of suggestion, and I knew all about how Ouija boards worked because I researched it for the book. But there were certain things which are not susceptible to explanation by the conscious mind. Blatty went on to explain he believed he was speaking with his dead father, and had even brought in a girl who could put herself in a self-imposed hypnotic trance that would operate the planchette. And though he says he was asking the questions in Arabic, a language the girl did not understand, he was getting precisely the right answers. When asked if possession is possible, Blatty went on to explain, while 97 or 98% of the reported cases of possession can be explained by either fraud or mental disturbance, there still remains a 2 or 3% that can't. And concerning these, I have made a prudent judgment that bodiless, intelligent, and non-human entity has somehow managed to take possession of the human body. Almost 50 years later, people from around the world would echo these sentiments and have their own stories of paranormal happenings or malicious behavior of an unknown entity after playing with a Ouija board. Now that we have explored the origins and history of the Ouija board, it's now time to travel back to the beginning to see how the board got its name. 
Legend says that one night in Baltimore, during a seance, the guests asked what the board would like to be called. According to letters and journals of the evening, the board spelled out Ouija. When the group followed up with what does that mean, the board reportedly spelled out good luck. There is another possible explanation Ouija was used as it might have sounded Egyptian. Since the Egyptian mysticism was a growing trend at the time, it could have been great for advertisements. And as we have seen, such an ad did run at the turn of the 20th century. Another myth holds that Ouija is a combination of the French and German words for yes. However, there is no evidence that this is the case. Really, truth be told, no one really knows how Ouija board got its name, which in many ways has added to its mysterious appeal over the last 130 years. Whether or not Ouija boards can be used to talk to the dead or summon spirits and demons comes down to personal belief. Either way though, as we have seen, Ouija boards have had quite the storied and interesting history. And hopefully this brief history has helped shed a little light on Ouija boards and its constantly changing cultural perceptions. From the 19th century automatic writing, to asking if your crush is worth pursuing, to board game night for the family, and to now conjuring evil entities. If you have any questions or like to tell your own Ouija board stories, please let me know down in the comments. Hope you enjoyed the video and I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to hear more, please subscribe. We'll be releasing new dark stories every Monday and we are sure you wouldn't want to miss out. If you like the stories and what we are doing here, please consider supporting the show with the links provided or leave a tip if you like a particular episode. Again, thank you for listening and we'll see you next time on Dark Stories from the Campfire.